uh, the what time? What day is it? The 18th of March. Welcome to Blaze and Rye Radio tonight on the show. We have Gio Gonti. Uh, but first, we're gonna do something we always do on a Blaze and uh, Rye show. It's called the Blaze and Rye panel. Um, let me just uh, pull up the board here first, and I will introduce the panelists. One of our panelists, his name is uh, Sean Broyles, and he's a he's a wonderful comedian out of Los Angeles. And the other is my lovely co-host tonight. Please welcome Sean Broyles and Jonathan. Lee. Hello, sorry to keep you guys waiting. Are you are you guys still there? Yes, we are. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Um, sorry for the delay. Sean Weeks, welcome to the program. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Doing I'm I'm glad you're alive. I was I, I, I you know, the delay kept happening. I'm like, oh my god, it's New York, you know, nine eleven was around the corner, who knows? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, Weeks, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you very much, and uh, glad to be on the show. Awesome. Okay, guys, let's uh, let's get right down to it. Um, the, uh, the the Big East tournament was over the weekend. March Madness is starting this weekend. Uh, John Weeks, the the dis the disbanding of the the Big East conference. What do you think about that? I don't even know what the reasons are for it, but it's going to be uh, exciting to see what happens in the future. I think uh, Syracuse leaving uh, on the note that they left on wasn't the greatest, but they did get they did get pretty far in the tournament. Too bad they didn't beat Louisville and, and leave it on a high note. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I think they do this to make it more competitive and just to raise ratings somehow. But uh, we'll see how mm-hmm. that goes. They're, they do that the same thing in baseball. Uh, I don't know if it really works, but uh, we'll see. And uh, Sean Broyles, uh, were you a, a, a fan of the Big East? I know you're you're out west. Uh, yeah, I'm a big I'm a Big Ten guy. I grew up in Chicago, and uh, and then I went to school in Iowa, so I was with the Big Twelve. But back then, it's the Big Eight, which kind of goes to the point of you know this is really nothing new. I mean they they've been doing this for years. Like I said, I was in when when I went to Iowa State, it was the Big Eight. Now it's the Big Twelve. They're moving. Uh, the Big Ten is now what twelve or thirteen teams. I mean. You know, basically they do this just because, you know, the original aligning of the conferences was done in a way that wasn't – it didn't make much sense, uh, you know, like financially or even like uh, in regards to where the teams are located. Like uh, a lot of the rivalries now need to be revamped in the way of uh, of changing teams into different conferences. So, you know, I kind of understand why it happens. It sucks for the fans, though, because, you know, you get used to these rivalries every year, but – you know, money talks, and that's really what's happened with the college game. Yeah, it's got to come down to to money, which which sucks because it's such a such a great conference. And I know weeks you were a big uh, UConn fan, weren't you? Uh, I'm a bigger uh, A10 fan. I know that league doesn't really matter much, but uh, <laughs> I, went to, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I went to GW and uh, I went to uh, St. Louis. So yeah, St. Louis is in the uh, the playoffs or the championships, at least. The Atlantic Ten. Good God. Yeah, I thought you said that. Man, are you, what, what, 
Well, I was about to say, what's next? You going into you going into the MEAC next? Is the is that what's happening? Is, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk MEAC sports. How about Division Three? Let's do that. <laughs> Jesus God. I'm I'm happy with whoever beats Duke. That's it. I, I don't like Duke. That's it. But there you go. We could agree on that. <laughs> so let's move on um, because uh, this is just depressing me after Syracuse's showing on a uh, Saturday night. Oh. Um, Let's move on to the uh, the CPAC conservative convention. Um, now the they they didn't want to uh, invite uh, kind of the fresher faces, although larger faces like Chris Christie, but they did invite <laughs> did want to invite the fresh faces of the Republican Party like Newt Gingrich, um, <laughs> Sean, Sean Broyles. Did, did you did you happen to see who was speaking at this event? I mean, it was like uh, yeah, I, I saw know Ron, it. Ron Paul's kid and uh, uh-huh. and some and I know Palin spoke and you know what's funny about it is that you know it's we were talking sports. It's almost like you know the Republican Party is at the point where it's almost like you've got this head coach that's been losing for like 26 seasons straight, but he just keeps losing and nothing's done about it. It's just time to fire the new the head coach and bring in the new blood. But the funny thing is, I love how all the new blood kept talking about Ronald Reagan. It's like you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring like new new blood in, let's keep it in this century of stuff we're talking about. Uh huh. I mean, is Ronald Reagan well, really the only thing the Republican Party has anymore to to cling to? Well, he was uh, Saint Reagan. To, to them, uh, whereas I mean, if you look at this century, we're working with uh, with W. Uh, John Weeks, why do you think that the uh, the the roster of speakers at this um, uh, convention had? It seemed as if there was sort of a litmus test of psychosis that one needed to have in order to be a speaker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you bring a good point up, but I, I don't know too much about CPAC. All I know is it's. I think it's the conservative wing of the Republican Party, and uh, you know, well, you talk about Chris Christie, but he, he's, uh, if anything, he's more liberal. So I wouldn't expect for him to be invited there. Uh, I was surprised by the numbers, Rand Paul being, you know, one of the more liked, and then Marco Rubio. Uh, but I think the the more interesting, you know, side of the Republican Party and politics and whatnot, I think, is uh, George P. Bush uh, filed for. To run uh, for office in Texas, I think that's a big uh, issue that's lying under the radar that people are not going <laughs> to talk about. Because um, first of all, he's Hispanic. Second of all, uh, he's a Bush. And third of all, he's in Texas. I think he's going to be something that's uh, going to be talked about quite in the future. I don't know people don't really like the Bushes, but you know, if you look at him, he's a triple threat. I think. He's well, that's be... a good thing for them. I mean, because that's the thing that, that that killed them in this last election was the fact they couldn't speak Hispanic at all. Right, exactly. They didn't get any minorities, and I think the Republicans have to change completely. I don't. I think the conservative CPAC is just so. Um, it's not. It's not important. And if the Republicans keep going the conservative way, they're just going to keep losing. So it's just uh, it's time to change. And I think a lot of Republicans know that. It's just, uh, you know, it's just the, the conservative side has to wake up or, or the or section off yourself. You know. By, uh, by triple threat. Did, can he sing, dance, and, and act? <laughs> <laughs> he, looks like a, he looks like a normal guy. I don't know. But, but you never know what the push is, though. Yes, Eddie. You ain't never lie about that. Gio, I see you on the line. Hang on one moment. We'll be we'll be on with you shortly. Uh, coming up, Gio Gonti. 
Um, but first, we got to mention this. Uh, tomorrow, it's it's uh, Sean's boy, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. After a long-awaited uh, hiatus, he drops an album tomorrow. Uh, I'm very excited. Sean, what about you? Dude, I tell you who's excited is my pet Newt, because I've been keeping it on a starvation diet until JT dropped his next album. So he's down to, like, I think three ounces, because it's been, like, eight years. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not really starving a pet Newt, people. Come on. <laughs> uh-huh. Apparently no, the other Newt's not excited, starving either man. based on his weight. Uh-huh. Dude, I'm excited, man. It's JT. Come on. I mean, you know, I love his acting, but, I mean, come on, man. Dude is like, you know, he's one of the best things going right now in R&B. So, I mean, I don't care what songs are on there. I'm, I know I'm going to love the album because just because I'm just a huge JT fan. Yeah. And, uh, Weeks, what about you? Are you excited? I'm as excited as uh, Kanye West. No, no. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. I've, I've been waiting for this album for 10 years. You're not telling the truth. See, Weeks is still listening to, to 80s Bono. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Weeks just got paid with Johnny Kemp. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what happened there. That's what we're hearing over there. <laughs> uh well, I will um, tell both of you later on uh, a social media website the embarrassing truth of why this got started a little late tonight. But in the meantime, Sean Broyles, uh, John Week, uh, thank you guys so much for, for doing the panel. Sean, we'll talk to you soon. Always a blast, dude. Thank you, Ryan. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, John Weeks, hey, man. Thanks hey, for uh, – <laughs> Thanks for doing it tonight. Are, are are you doing all right? I'm doing all right. Am I doing all right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. Um, so uh, let's time to bring on our guest. Uh, our guest tonight, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Jonathan Weeks is my co-host tonight. He has nothing to do with the entertainment industry, but he has everything to do with, with uh, my life in general, so I thought he would be. You're a great kid. A great kid all around. (laughs) All right. Um, So tonight on the show, uh, we have Gio Gonti. He's a producer. He's an actor. He's an entrepreneur. He's an entertainer. He's a manager. He does it all. He's an author. Please welcome to the program, Gio Gonti. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the applause. I want to say, Ryan, I like this show. I look at, I listen to your show every week. I swear to God, I listen to your show every week. It, it, it's like you cross a, a, you you come across on any topic. You, you discuss every topic, and it's just you know what I mean. It, it's like y'all 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 underrated. Y'all should get like on serious radio or something. Well, I appreciate that definitely. Um, thank you for doing. You're you're the one who listens every week. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's more people besides me that listen every week. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple. Uh, but thanks for coming on tonight, sir. You have so no much problem. going on. There's so much to talk about. Um, so uh, how did you get started uh, in the music biz to begin with? 
Well, it, it started, it, it actually originated to 1989, you know, hip-hop, you know, uh, listening to um, Eric B. Rakim and, and all these different rappers, uh, Special Ed, this, that, and the third. But to speed it up, to make a long story short, around 1991, my sister was excited about this new guy that she was dating, and she just happened to mention that he was a rapper, and I used to just, like, write little crappy lyrics or whatever. I learned a lot from him, actually. Um, he mm-hmm. ended up, his his rap name was Day Love. He uh he kind of I, I won't say he started Mr. Cheeks' career, but he influenced Mr. Cheeks' career. He actually Mr. Cheeks got his cameo appearance in his video, but he influenced my career a lot. You know, he was with uh, Sony Epic. He started a rap group called the Hood Rats. He was also associated with Onyx. Uh, most of them Queens rappers, to say the least. But um, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot. Been in the studio. Been around different people, work with a few people, you know. So it all kind um, of started with when your sister was uh, dating this guy, and that's when you got into it. Did you always knew, know even before that that you had an inkling to uh, get into the music industry, though? No, I always knew that I would be doing something that's important, you know. And it's like I never really said to myself, oh, when I grow up, ooh, I want to be a rapper. I never said that. I never, I never actually said that, but it's like when I met him, it it, it awoke in something as far as being a rapper. It, it, it awoke in something. Like it, it's like mm-hmm. maybe it was because that opportunity was there. I don't know. Like that, that's probably what the case was. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and it, since it then, good. you've. Huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. S- since you started in the industry, you've been working with uh, a myriad of people. Um, who, just list some of the names of, of people that that you've worked with that people might recognize. Well, at a distance, I, I worked with Ron Browse because we, him and Herb McGruff had a project. It was a song called Eight. Um, I was actually in the video. Um, I, I kind of, I won't say that I co-directed the video. I didn't co-direct the video, but I like pretty much handled the audio and um, I cameoed in the video. Uh, I, I, I influenced it to get on Hot 97 and other media, um, major stations and things of that nature. Uh, I worked with the girl who, who sang Chip, made the rap song Chicken Noodle Soup, sorry. Uh, Young B. I worked Ooh. with Mr. Cheeks. Who else I worked with? Uh, um, I'm trying to think. It, 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 I, I dealt with so much people. Sticky Fingers. Um, sure. mm, Jojo Capone. and uh, Jojo Capone. A Mafia, well, and that was that was at a distance also. I mean, I know A Mafia, but I mean, at a distance through Herb McGruff through a collaboration. Uh, of course, like you said, I, man, I manage, I currently manage Herb McGruff. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know, the list goes on, you know, the list goes on. Three Ray Ricky Ross, I, I still, I currently work with him, you know that. Right. Um, the list just goes on. There's <laughs> you... so many, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. You so many what? No, I mean, there's so many celebrities and, and different people who I've, of course, passed with. Just like off mm-hmm. the top of my head, you know, prompt to. It's hard to just start throwing names, right? There's just so much. <laughs> it's just so much, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's a good sign. Um, well, you, you've been working with Mr. Cheeks. I'm working over here with Mr. Weeks. I know Mr. Weeks <laughs> over there is just chomping at the bit to ask you a question. Johnson. Hey, Mr. Weeks, how you doing, man? How you doing, sir? How you doing, sir? How you doing, sir? How you doing, sir? I'm all right. Good, how are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. Doing good, you know. 
I got a question for you. You, you know, just listening to uh, who you collaborated with and who your inspirations were. All these guys are legends. You know, you're talking about Rakim and his cheeks and. Uh, you know, uh, well, big... I never worked with Rakim. I mean, I listened to his music. I mean, I was somewhat influenced by his music. That's that's right, right. Their influences and whatnot. I would say, you know, like you know, late '80s, early '90s. Uh, you know, really good rap. What would you say about the rap industry now? I mean, uh, you know, when I look, turn on the radio, I don't hear any rap anymore. You know, it's, I mean, I miss those days. I mean, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, I'm not a young whippersnapper. I mean, I'm not old neither. You know, I'll be 35 this year. I'm not afraid to say my age. <laughs> you know, um, I think age ain't nothing but a number, honestly. But to be honest with you, to be absolutely honest with you, I'm really somewhat oblivious to like all these different rappers right now. There's so many of them and they all seem not and I'm not insulting anybody's crowd, but all songs seem to start to sound the same to me. And I'm not yeah. trying to sound like a hater. But like, you know, like I I, I be in New York a lot. You see what I'm saying? And when I'm driving, I listen to High Ninety Seven and some songs catch my ear, some songs don't, some songs do. And and actually not to make this a run along sentence or anything, but that's part of the reason why I don't rap. It's because I, I don't feel like I fit into what's going on right now. That's what, that's one of the reasons why I don't rap anymore. You know, well, a lot of the quality rappers that are around. You were uh, rapping. There was a you were featured on Herb McGruff's uh, Hustlers Code. Uh, I yeah. want to make sure we break break our listeners off with a little bit of that uh, before we move on. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that song. That song, that song right there. Like I said. Oh, you mean? I mean, you want me to tell you as far as how it came about, or you want me to yeah. just tell you what made me write it? Like, I mean, what what you mean? Like, yeah, how did it come about? All right, how it came about is like, like I this goes back to the question Weeks asked me. Uh, I, I'm not really, I'm not really too intrigued with what's going on in rap right now, and and I rather sometimes I rather be behind the scenes. Sometimes I get the mood to want to be a rapper. <laughs> it's like, it's like. It's like a bipolar sort of thing with that, you know what I mean? But but to make a long story short, I was in the studio with Herb McGruff um down on one sixteenth on the east side. And um we did a we well, he did a, a collaboration, a, a feature on somebody's track. And and so that that was one of the tracks and, and that person they they wanted a remix to the track. And mm-hmm. it's funny though, it's, it's really funny, but it was like a blessing in disguise. But that person wanted a remix to the track. And so he he was thinking of artists, and he said, "Just Gio, you you spit, man. Like, why don't you just get on this song?" I said, "Nah." He he like pretty much he pretty much body slammed me into the booth. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm just being sarcastic, but he 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 admires the way I flow. You know what I mean? And and, and I I try to play this guy with with a button up suit, and it is and it's really I'm actually a rapper. Really, really, that's what really I started as, as a rapper, but I just got comfortable being behind the scenes working with people. You see what I'm saying? But And so I just went in the booth. I, I knocked that verse out in, what, like 10 minutes, 5 minutes, something? I, I, don't, wow. I don't know. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right, well, let's break them off with a little bit of Hustler's Code, and we'll be right back with Geo. Yeah, yeah. Yo, better, better, ready, ready, ready. Let's get it, man. Get it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Uh
dudes for real, y'all don't wanna fuck around I'm yeah. the chess master, these boys is pawns I'm the king, man, my niggas is gone All my niggas is gone I ain't worried about you doing me harm Somebody you never seen gonna walk up calm And your ass out Till you drop, pass out Lee you on the floor, sip, mash out When the war's on, leave my bitch back out I'ma turn out the Gucci bag Turn you into sushi bag And I'll back down from gunplay God, learn how to kill at a very young age Put a bitch's work, that'll make the front page Pump gauge, leave your body shaking on the pavement Gasping for breath, five minutes to death Mine be on my hip and I'm riding for my set Young and everyday life living Rise to the top, shine like that ice kitchen Days of our lives, take a walk with us Walk with us, so sisters can't talk to us Hustle cold, everyday life living Rise to the top, shine like that ice glisten Days of our lives, take a walk with us And floss with us, so sisters can't talk to us Hustle cold, I'm definitely shine, I'm definitely black Trying to hand to me a beer, permanent nap Go to sleep. It's time to bring this new movement to rap If I don't fuck with you, don't bother giving me down It's all for the feelings, Montana, overtoe and big hammers Getting money like a 1980s coke scrambler Jacket chips like a truck casino top gambler Quick to run up on you with the red bandana Love respect, nigga, better mind your man is all invading Niggas home, I got no love for your nana Your drop, homie, that ass all she wrote I lit shot to hope you wise, nigga, give up the coke Who clapped you broad, Jay, like they Young game six, and she had got the bees up, switch cheese and get quick. I got your host a ransom. Got money on my mind, so you know the anthem. LCN nigga, yeah, everyday life living. Rise to the top, shine like that ice living. Days of our lives, take a walk with us. Walk with us, some sisters can't talk to us. Hustle cold, everyday life living. Rise to the top, shine like that ice living. Days of our lives. Take a walk with us, the floss with us, and since you can't talk to us, us was cold. Mm-hmm. What's the other one? Yeah, 
Oh, oh, the other one of my hindrances is the fact that, um, you know, I, I do a lot of work behind the scenes, so it would take me long to put out. And I, I believe it or not, I never actually put out an album. The most I've ever put out was a maxi single. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it, and it sold, to date, it sold over 20,000 copies independently. Ooh. Uh yeah, but, wow. but see the thing is, it was before it was before that before the viral era, like where where uh where you know everybody have their Facebooks, their Twitters, and you know mm-hmm. I had an official website, but nobody was really hard on the viral. I had it. I I went out my way to get it in stores, and I'm, I was selling out the trunk, you know, mail order, all types of different stuff. But um, at that mm-hmm. time, we talking we talking two thousand one, two thousand one. That that's how long ago this is. Um. Times change, you know. Times change a lot. It, it, it's changed a lot, and 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 for somebody like me to, although I know the marketing aspect, I can't I can't really see myself as, as a rapper. Do you see me as a rapper right now? I mean, now I do, sure. But but it <laughs> it sounds like you have so much going on behind the scenes at the same time. You'd have to it'd be hard to balance it all out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I still have the aura. I still have the youthful look. You know, um, the flashness, the platinum jewelry. You know, uh, I know exactly what to do, when to do it. I went through the whole process of all this development from being around a bunch of professionals and legends, or, or, or pretty much for the past twenty years. Uh, but the, but the trans tra- to transcend back into being a rapper, that's kind of hard to do right now for me. It's like it's like I gotta I gotta like wet my feet again. You know, like mm-hmm. to be on somebody's track, the feature on somebody's track is cool for me right now. But it's really the bottom line is more money behind the scenes than being a rapper. To tell you the truth, that's the bottom line. That's what it really boils mm-hmm. down to. I mean, you know, you, you you say to yourself, "Oh, um, I'm gonna get in the studio and I'm gonna do this." And by the time you start to go to the studio, somebody's writing you a check for four thousand dollars. What would you do? <laughs> You start getting lazy again. You see what I'm saying? After a while of not doing nothing, it's like Mike mm-hmm. Tyson becoming a boxer again, or or, um, right. or or Jordan becoming the NBA basketball player again, an active player, or, or something like mm-hmm. that, or, or or a basketball player that's been on the bench for three years for injury. It's kind of right. hard to, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of motivation and. And, and, and people just believe in you, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure people believe in me. Not only that, I don't, I, I don't rely on people to believe in me. I, I'm, I'm a natural born. I'm a positive thinker. I think positive. Anything I do, I put a lot of thought and effort into it, and I just let the universe take over from that. Mm-hmm. You just said you're a natural positive thinker. I read in your bio that you're, uh, uh, you're what is it, naturally strange or something? What, what, what was the phrase? Uh, naturally, oh, it, you're a non-traditional individual by nature. What does that mean exactly? All right, well, when I when 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 and everybody that knows me personally, um, actually your host, uh, your co-host Tamika knows me. She to some degree mm-hmm. she knows me. Um, anybody that knows me She's personally, on a flight right now, by the way, so she couldn't make it tonight. She's on a, a plane. All right, right well, Tasha, what's up? Um, okay. Naturally, like naturally, like I'm the type, like you know, I grew up in a household full of five brothers, five sisters. Believe it or not, it's all the same dad, and I got outside brothers and sisters. I got like four brothers and sisters, and, and, and me, I was always one of those kids that, at the time, people would probably think I was a weirdo because I don't do things the way people do it. 
Mm-hmm. I always take my own approach on doing stuff. Like, for example, and, and this is in all reality, this is all reality, I, I actually dropped out in the eighth grade. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. to sound uneducated or anything or to sound like one of them illiterate people, but um and and, and not to spin the subject but, but to uh go a little bit deep into my origin. It's it started in the first grade. I got left back because my um I'm I'm actually left handed by nature. I'm left handed. But these days I'm mm-hmm. ambidextrous because I have fractured I, I sprained my, my left arm so I had to teach myself how to write with my my right hand. And so what happened was during the first grade, it's like I guess my penmanship wasn't the neatest. And I got left back because of that. And since then, I lost faith in public school. And so I just was slacking the whole time while I was in school up until eighth grade. And, you know, you start becoming a teenager, you start feeling your oaks and you peer pressure and things. And I just, as time progressed, I dropped out. I mean, I would consider that I dropped out of eighth grade because that's when I really started really just not taking school serious. I'm talking about, I mean, I didn't go to school the whole year. But now speeding up to speeding up to adulthood, I did go take my GED without studying, mind you, and I went to college for business. So don't 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 live off of that eighth grade thing. But now as far as the non traditional mm-hmm. thing that I was coming across to you, it's like the average person they go to school, they finish school and they and they go submit resumes, right? They submit resumes. Me, I went to school with with the attitude of, yeah, like this is just more power for me to start to to keep my business running. Because mind you, I, I've been in business in Geo Distribution, that's the name of my company, since 1999. But I mean, I was right. in business before that, but without a certificate. You you get what I'm saying? Like, so I, I yeah. already had prepped myself for business school because I already had that experience of business. You see, like when I was in college, when I was in college, this is a hilarious story. Um, I had this teacher named Miss Green, and um, I, I I believe the class was business marketing, and I used to just sit there, and I used to not say nothing. Actually, after time, I used to come in class. I used to smoke some weed before I go in class, <laughs> right? And I used to sit there, and I used to not say nothing. I used to not do no work and nothing. And somehow or another, miraculously, I get like 80s on my test and 90s because it's already embedded in me. I understand business, so she used to say, Rodney. You're not doing anything, and and and, and um, I'll pull out twenty five hundred dollars and be like, Miss Green, I'm retired. She'd be like, Retired? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a true story, and I wish somebody would call in to verify this. One of my classmates is saying, <laughs> but I always was uh-huh. my own person. I mean, that's the bottom line. I always was my own person, and and you know, the positive thinking part came in like. During that crossover period of 29 to 30, that's when I started getting into, like, understanding the world and and, and, and understanding that, like they tell us when we're younger, when we're in school, think positive. That statement mm-hmm. is really true, think positive. When you think positive and you believe in yourself, you're able to accomplish anything. That's the, that's the truth. A lot of people yeah. don't believe in themselves because they're distracted by the, the, the trends of society. You know, they, they, they tend to... Instead of staying in their own lane, they tend to do what their neighbor's doing or, or do what their their best friend's doing or do what their cousin's doing or, or, or someone that has some sort of significance to them rather than just being themselves. And that's what makes me who I am. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, like I just told you, I'm a single parent. And the average person would have gave up on 
their boyhood dream and just say, oh, I'm just going to get a nine to five. I'm going to go work somewhere. Right. But me, I take that as motivation. Mm-hmm. I take that as motivation. It, 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 it didn't stop me once. I, I am the yeah. only single parent you know <laughs> that does not work a regular nine to five, clock in at a job, make legitimate money in the entertainment business, and I am not on welfare. So I'm not calling <laughs> you from a welfare phone. I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> I got you. This is my now, iPhone. I'm calling you from. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, because we thought it was a Motorola StarTac from. Uh, <laughs> a starter phone? <laughs> That's not true. That was my favorite phone ever, though. Remember those Motorola StarTac that you clip to your belt? Those black flip phones. Wait, 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 I'm gonna take you even more back. How about? Do you remember OmniPoint? You remember oh, the yeah, phone yeah. where we. <laughs> That was my. Those phones were so heavy. Remember that? Was a, that? Actually, that was the first prepaid cell phone. You know that, right? Oh, really? Yeah. I remember, I remember that. I was the first prepaid cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those were the first. On, on uh, Saved by the Bell, Zach Morris used to have to take oh, a, like, yeah, a train to get that phones, cell phone. I had one of those, those too. Yeah, I had one of those. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So. You just mentioned all these these uh, great things that have been going on in in your life. Uh, there were a few kind of stumbles along the way. You you almost wound up in uh, well, you did two years, right? And then you almost wound up back in in jail for at least five years. Is that is that the case? For 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 what? Wait, I, I mean I I mean I hate to say it, and I, I'm not trying to sound like a career criminal, but um, I have my I have my share of the streets. Yeah. Um, I mean, which uh-huh. occasion you you looked at my bio and you read? I mean, like. You might have to run it by me because, like, I had I did two years, two years, two and a half years. About um, mm-hmm. the last year I did was in solitary confinement, actually. Um, oh wow! It, it, yeah, it's a long story. It, it's I, I tried, I tried to uh, attack. Got into, it's a, it's a whole long story. It's, it, it, but uh, as far as my gun case, speeding up ten years after that, yeah, I I, I beat that case and I, I was good ever since. I've been out of trouble. <laughs> But those, How were you able to, uh, to to beat the gun charge? I was just able to beat the gun charge. <laughs> I mean, okay. by sheer luck. I guess by sheer luck. I mean, insufficient evidence or, or, or things of that nature. I mean, you know, things like that. You don't you don't want to get back into it. You know, it, it, but yeah. I mean, I, I if I can remember correctly, it was like it was it was something like insufficient evidence or something of that case. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it was legitimately beat, of course, but it was insufficient evidence. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So the um, uh, you got your hat in many fires. What's weeks? What's the phrase? You got your iron in many fists. What the hell? What am I thinking of here? Iron what? <laughs> John Weeks. What's the phrase I'm looking for? You got your your ring in a lot of hats. <laughs> My hand in a lot of hats, you mean? Like in other words, if I could translate that into English, it sounds like you're saying, <laughs> I have my hands in a lot of hats. Like, in other words, and, and, and to translate it into layman terms, I'm the jack of, I'm a jack of all trades. Like, like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like, if that exactly. sounds more like it. Um, yeah. Well, so, whoever, whoever, wrote, whoever wrote my bio needs to get back smacked. Yeah, I need to back like myself, man. <laughs> no, so you're uh, you're an author too, and one of your books I read that the title 
Is, is the title really going to be She Pissed Me Off to the Point I Learned Magic? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. And it, it, it sounds funny, but actually that's uh, one of those books that you'll just, you see that title and you're going to buy it, not even knowing what's in it. Um, the title the, the title sounds a bit mystique, but it, 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 it's not far from the truth, actually. Um, if you can remember back in the beginning of what I was saying about the transmission, transition between 29 and 30, it's like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I went through, like, I, I had that gun case around that time, and, and um and, and you know, my, yeah, my baby mama left me. All right, yeah, mm-hmm. my baby mama left me. So what? I know I'm good looking. She's just a piece of shit. She, but but while she left me, she she was, she kind of was like neglectful towards my daughter, and I don't mind spreading my personal life to people because it's actually going to be in the book. And so she was neglectful towards my daughter, and um mm-hmm. and and somewhere along the ways, I ended up getting custody, and I I speed that part up. The reason why I got custody is because. She was such a party hardy whore, right? That she was mm-hmm. her mother, and I and I no disrespect to her mother. I don't I don't I don't disrespect anybody with mental illness. They can't help it, but I disrespect her. How could you leave your child babysitted by somebody with a mental illness? So her mother, I guess she had a vision of seeing me, and she probably never really liked me. She threw a pot of coffee on my daughter, and they just left her. They left her with no medical attention for almost a month. And I found out one day, and that's how I ended up with custody of my daughter. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But she's still pretty. Injuries went away. You know, a couple of war scars. She shows you she's a a gangster, you know, just like her daddy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But now back to the book. Now back to the Uh book and and my transition as a person. I'm I'm a completely different person than I was in my 20s. All my teenage years, I was like my late teenagers, I I, I was – I was, I was never really a bad kid, but whatever it takes to get what I got to get, I'm gonna I'm, I'm stand up for mine. That's how I was. I was never no bully. I was never no troublemaker. But now, speeding up to my my 29th years, my 28th years, I was going through so much trials and tribulations that, like you know, not to get far into it, let's just say, I got an understanding of what life is really about. See, we we're raised to go to church, do the right thing, and and praise the Lord every week, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, in reality, this is something that I learned. We all have God in us. We decide what goes on around us. And, and always remember this, Ryan. God don't intend for no one to suffer. You mm-hmm. choose to suffer by the way you think. If you think in negative, negative things are going to happen. If you think in positive, positive things are going to happen. And that's, that's, that's all in a nutshell what I learned from that experience. And I got that all buried into that book. She pissed me off to the point I learned magic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a better understanding of life, and, and you control things by the way you think. That's why I'm so successful in the music business. Because, like, oh, I, okay. I, I, incorporated, <laughs> I incorporated a little of that way of thinking along with my know-how and, and, and me being a rapper into, into working with other people. You know, like, I put myself in other artists' shoes. Like, like, like I say to myself, Hmm, what would I have did if I was putting out something like this? And that's what I do for them. You see what I'm saying? And that's what makes it so unique. Yeah. So it's more yeah, a, you understand a, what a, I mean. Yeah, and it's more a, a metaphor that you learn magic rather than a, to be taken literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't go to the end of the earth and 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 um and pick up dirt off the ground and 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 bury and and. and, and and bury somebody's head with it. it. Ain't nothing like that. But I mean, like in a literal, in a literal sense, 
Because, I mean, you know, that is a form of magic. You see what I'm saying? Thinking positive yeah. is magic. Like, because you got to understand something about this planet, right, the, the universe. And this is something that that science can even prove it. It's called action at a distance. Like, you influence, and I know I sound like a nutcase on your show, and I'm on Nationwide TV. I don't care. I don't care. They label me for whatever you are. I'm successful. No, no, I don't yeah. care. But the thing is, like, my my opinion, and it's not even an opinion. You can look it up. Everybody's body has uh, um, it's called morphic fields, but really it's, it's mm-hmm. more morphic fields. We all connect it through radiation and electrons. And, mm-hmm. and combine them words together, it has a term called radionics, right? And and mm-hmm. what happens is, like, when you every thought that you let out, it goes up and it comes down. You see what I'm saying? Like, you have a whole visual. Like, that's people that, so if that's the case, you think people that do yoga is crazy because that's the way they think, but they don't realize they think like that. But right. It's, it's mm-hmm. a part of the yoga exercise, visualizing. You see what I'm saying? Right, yeah. I'm just going a little bit more into the surface of it, but, but that's that's my way of thinking. That's 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 yeah. what tends to get me by in a lot of things. Like I just think positive, but that's something and that I wish I knew like my a, whole it's, life. A, it's an autobiography. Yeah, it's about me. It, my it, it's gotcha. about my transitions from when I was younger to to adulthood and just little. Mm-hmm. That really is more from like like I touch on the the you know how I dropped from eighth grade and the the things like that and you know or whatever. But it's more speeded up to like between that period of time and. You know, I might, I might revise it because the book is actually done, and, and I, I just I, I actually had pre-orders on it, and I and I um, refunded everybody. It was 350 pre-orders, refunded everybody because I wasn't really ready to go full blast with the book. So, uh huh, yeah, I like that. But, um, uh, at least you're honest with your uh, your fans. The uh, you know, yeah. guys, we have to pause for one second. We have a news report from our friend Sue Simmons at Channel Four. We'll be right back with you. At 11, pay more at the grocer, but getting less. We'll tell you how to get the most. The fuck are you doing? <laughs> All right, that was uh, Sue. Thank you, Sue. Thank you for that. Uh, back to Geo. Now, uh, I hear that you released uh, a fragrance that has sold thousands of bottles. Tell me about that. Oh, or a fragrance. Uh, um, that was that discontinued now, actually. Um, I still, okay. I'm still in the business of designing fragrance now. Don't get me wrong. I have a couple more um, ideas. But, I mean, during that period, I sold over 5,400 bottles independently. Um, this was like three years ago at wow. a rate of $20 a piece, bro. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, Weeks and I actually have a, a fragrance story um, from someone who was trying to sell us perfume once. Uh, Weeks, do you want to you do the honors? <laughs> no, you should. it's called You're Tripping Your Hope. <laughs> there was uh, uh, Weeks and our friend Andrew Mandrew and I Gio, we were going to this pizza restaurant In Connecticut where we're from um, And this woman comes over From the next parking lot over And she's carrying like a bunch of bottles Of perfume and a, a clipboard And she's like Y'all want to buy some cologne? And uh, our friend Andrew goes No, I already got cologne And she says What, what, uh, what cologne you wear? And he says, I don't know, it started with a C. And so he couldn't remember the name of the cologne. And then Weeks we, and I walk in the restaurant, and uh, the lady's still yelling at Andrew, and she goes, I'm just trying to make you smell good. And he goes, I do smell good. And then she goes, no, you don't start with a C. And then he turns to her, and he goes, you tripping, yo. And Weeks and I just busted out laughing hysterically when the, the hostess was trying to seat us. 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. I never did all of that. Like, my stuff sold by influence of, like, you know, the smell of it. Like, I, I gave out samples, and people just started ordering them. And, and you know, I, I, I not, one thing you'll find about me, Ryan, like, mm-hmm. I have a Facebook. And, and actually, thanks for reminding me. I forgot I had a Twitter until I think um, one of your Twitter pages, and it said, at Giacante. I really okay. forgot I had a Twitter. And I just logged in today. I haven't logged in in over a year. I really forgot I had a Twitter account. Like I'm not, I'm not lying. If you look, it hasn't been updated in over a year. No kidding. But um, I need to start building up my followers on there. But uh, you'll never find me spamming anybody's page and nothing like that. Like I, I do everything straight up when it comes to promotion and and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, if yeah. I, I find it annoying that people spam and tag people's pages and all that. Like it's it's, it's annoying. I usually block people when they do that. Actually. Um. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But now, yeah. now I, I could bring up a topic. This is a topic I, I, I wanted to touch on. Um, I, I don't mean to just control your show, you know. No, please do. Uh, all right. Well, like it, it, it's like like I'm, I'm just saying this for anybody who's listening to this. If they ever, I'm a very approachable person. I am very approachable, and 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 mm-hmm. and you know, I don't carry myself too much in the street, man. Like I said, I was never no bully. I was never none of that. Um, I'm probably one of the most straight up people you you'll ever meet in your life. But um, I would like to address this. A lot of people come to me with music, and and they always they always um claim to be somebody's like manager or producer or something, and and, and they think they got to come aggressively. Um, for one, that don't scare me. You understand what I'm saying? That doesn't scare me. Like I was always taught to stand up for what you believe in. But the thing is, if you're gonna approach me, approach me in a respectful manner, because you're mm-hmm. not gonna you you're only gonna get me to be a dickhead. Cause I'm gonna call you bluff. I'm not gonna do anything with you, so you get or else, or else, all you want. Or if I feel like you have some sort of negativity to me, I, I'm real keen on positivity and negativity. Stay the hell away from me, please. Mm-hmm. Um, you heard that's it one thing. Stay, yeah. If you're negative, yeah, stay the hell away from Gia. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I mean, and 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 Tamika knows me, and she'll tell you I'm a very outspoken person. I'm not rude, but I get right to the point. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, because you got, you got some people out there that be thinking, like, they go, oh, I'm, I'm uh, whatever. That doesn't scare anybody. You know, like, it's what, what you, what how you play your part is very important. Like, if you if you just somebody's homeboy and you become their manager because you're their homeboy, that doesn't apply you as being a manager. It's what you do or, or if you somebody or, or to start a record label. Because I get that a lot is what I'm saying. You know, I'm just addressing mm-hmm. the issue. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. So before we go, we only have a few minutes left, but you you have three movies coming out, is that right? Yeah, well, well, I, I'm I'm only adding. Really, actually, that song "Hustlers Code" is actually going to be turned into a movie, and um, I'm yeah. working on that project with Sticky Fingers and Fredro from Onyx, and, and me and Herb McGruff is going to star in it, and I'm and 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 Freeway Ricky Ross may or may not be in it. I don't want to speak too much on his role in it. Because it's not a definite thing. Um, the other sort of movie is called A Rap Money. That that's um JoJo Capone's project. I'm just I'm just helping him along with it, you know. Uh, so I guess it's one of my movies too. But um, it's called A Rap Money, and uh, it's gonna have the, the rap of the game in it. It's gonna have Rocco. Oh, it's gonna have Future. The soundtrack is gonna have. I hear y'all talk about this guy a lot. It's gonna have Rick Ross. Uh, it's gonna have uh. 
What? Uh, you gonna have Rick, Rick, the rapper Rick Ross? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's an old song. I mean, why why not make use <laughs> okay. of it? You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Why not make use yeah. of it? But, um, it's gonna have Dragon on it, McGruff, Ron Browse. It's gonna have a few people. Um, Jay Mills. The list goes on. But um, and mm-hmm. and and also, he has another movie. You know, he spoke about it, Dogman. I, I think he spoke mm-hmm. about that with John. And, and and actually, I don't think I have much involvement in it. I haven't heard anything else. I was supposed to handle the casting in New York. Um, I I I don't know my involvement right now because I was nobody never got back to me on that, so I I rather not discuss something that's a possibility that might not be a possibility. Um, but I have so many yeah. projects planned in the future. Like I even plan on helping out with the Big L documentary. If you're familiar with that, it's called Street Truck. Um, with as far as Freeway Ricky Ross. Our business that we have going on is that he has that shirt, The Real Rick Ross is Not a Rapper, and I'm going to help mm-hmm. him as far as promoting it and distribution. Uh, and and I'm trying to put together a documentary that will involve Jesse the Body Ventura and Freeway Ricky Ross. Like, it's like a, you know, cause Jesse Body Ventura is into conspiracy theories, and Freeway Ricky right. Ross, of course, he, he was, um, had some... Not an involvement, but he was a part of the Iran Contra scandal, and, and mm-hmm. not to speak, that's just the idea at hand right now. It's not really official, mm-hmm. and I have fragrances lined up, reality series, all types of things. And it's not that that uh, idea for the movie between uh, Freeway Ricky Ross and, and Jesse Ventura sounds that sounds like a great pairing. If you guys can, I think that would be a, a, a big success, and that's right up. Uh, Jesse, the body Ventura's alley, because I see him on Pierce exactly. Morgan all the time arguing that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I like Jesse Ventura anyway. Like, he's, he's a stand-up person. I mean, a lot of people think he's weird, but I think he's just a straight-up person. And and he, he looks at the world from a different perspective, kind of like me. Um, yeah. but and, and another movie that I, I'm working, like, I'm writing the scripts for it right now. It's called The Boss. B-A-W-S-E, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like, it's like uh, it reminds you of the show Who's the Boss, but with an urban twist, okay, like with maniac- Yeah, with a maniacal twist. It's like the, my character is a big time drug lord that's on the run from the feds, and and mm-hmm. and he goes into exile in a small town along with my daughter. You know, like the same thing with like the show. My my real life daughter is gonna be in it, and um. And he meets this lady. He checks the classifieds. He's looking for a job, so you know he changes his name, identification, and so he gets this job as a housekeeper with with this with this with a with a um with this black girl. She's like like Angela, and who's the boss? And he's the her housekeeper the same way. And she has a young son. The same thing, like, but it's called the boss. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I think that would work. Yeah, yeah that sounds sound like, like yeah, no, that's that's a good idea. Weeks. Yeah, Tony Danza yeah, and Alyssa Milano should make a cameo in that. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I thought that too. I, well, at least I was thinking about Tony Danza. I mean, like you know, I I deal with people in Hollywood, so I'm, it, it shouldn't be hard to reach him. That's no problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, but that's a good idea. And Alyssa Milano, right? She should play like a prosecutor or something in the movie. <laughs> And he yeah, should play, like, he should play like, like a, a convenience store owner, some something or, or yeah. something to that degree, to that effect. And she's on the run, she's hunting around, she's searching for me or whatever. And he's, you get what I'm saying? 
Like that that might make sense. Like just to have their vision. Because <laughs> the people that liked their show back in the days would actually watch the movie. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And plus they'll get a hip hop crowd. You know. Yeah. That was my favorite show as a kid. Yeah. I would watch uh, that movie for sure. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Call the boss. Um, Not who's the boss, but the boss. B A W S E. The boss. Right. I like it. Uh, Gio, we, we've talked only about uh, half the things that that I want to talk about, so will you come back, sir? Yeah, I mean, you schedule a date and time. You let me know I'll call in. I have no problem calling in. I mean, hopefully right, by well, then I have new music or something. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, anytime, you're welcome back, and thank you so much for, for uh, everything you do for the show, and I really appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you. And also, I'm going to also promote this. This interview I did, so it, it, this interview won't be done without in, in vain. It, it'll be promoted on my behalf also. Right, right. And before I go, before I go, that's what I'm gonna give some artists some pointers. The whole idea of a interview is you and the the host is collaborating to create a bigger crowd. Did I, yeah. did I give you enough pointers? Like, like you know, that. it's your followers and his their followers combined. That's the whole point of doing an interview. Or should mm-hmm. I say it more slower or rewind it? <laughs> but I'll let you go. <laughs> no, I, I think we get it. No, that's a good idea. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. All right. All right. Take care, right, my friend. Yeah. Okay, have a good Thank night. you. Thank you. All right. Absolutely. All right. John uh, Wheat. Right home. Um, so what we uh, want to do is uh, – there is a uh, a new segment I want to introduce on the show before mm-hmm. we go, um, and it's called uh, Story Time with Holmes and Weeks. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh so, the way I figure it, you'll come back on. We'll do this again. So let's let's just get to kind of where 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 it all started last year. Um, Weeks and I were were meant to uh, be in a wedding last year as groomsmen, and uh, and so I figured we can either start with all the different modes of transportation we took the wedding, but no, nah, no, nah, let's start back with the bachelor party. Um, so weeks, what, what was going on with this? So it was our friend Jesus's wedding, and the the bachelor party. Said, let's talk 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 to me a little bit about the email. <laughs> Oh my God! I've never seen a more sophisticated email. Uh, you know, back to back to back uh, emails about what we were gonna do for the bachelor party. We had like uh, what, what was it like graphs and uh, you know like people were asking questions about what to do and we even uh, calculated who wanted to go where and it was just uh, ridiculous. And then uh, the be- the best man set up these polls for us to take as to where to go. <laughs> and so we just saying grass, but it wasn't that complicated. But it was they were they were ridiculous. Let's be honest, and they were polls. <laughs> they were and, beyond ridiculous. That was the beginning <laughs> of the ridiculousness. <laughs> oh, was, don't don't forget the birds, the birds, those damn birds. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? What birds? You talking about these birds? <laughs> no, those birds are fine. I'm talking about much worse birds. They go. Um, what? How do they go? So 
we, we take these polls for this bachelor party uh, as to where we want to go for the bachelor party, and what was it? First, didn't New York win, and then D.C. won, and we didn't go to either of those places? Or, like, it was decided <laughs> that we exactly go to happened, yeah. New Orleans? <laughs> Somebody, the whole somebody, somebody overrode the uh, polls and said we're going to go someplace completely different from what was even in the polls, I think. And then uh, yeah, we had an the argument and vetoed. Yeah, you got vetoed. <laughs> and they decided, okay, we're going to go to New Orleans. They kept calling it NOLA too, which I I don't know. That must be a Yale thing. But they kept calling it <laughs> NOLA. We'll go there. And uh, and then I sent an email arguing, well, that's insane. We don't have money for that. And if you want to go there, fine. We'll throw a different bachelor party on the, you know, in the Northeast. And um, and then eventually we were supposed to uh, go to Cape May. What happened with that week? Oh man, it was just like the other ones. Who were uh, nobody? I think it was like two people that wanted to actually do Cape May, and uh, whereas there were like three that wanted to do. Um, uh, New Orleans, NOLA, and there were like six that wanted to do New York City. And then the funny thing is, I think only three people showed up and switched their party. <laughs> amazing, amazing. By the way, before I forget, how much did Gio enjoy that perfect cologne story with Andrew? <laughs> I think he loved it. <laughs> um, and so we get... We go to, to, but then they rely on me in weeks to find out, to find where we're going to go in Cape May. And, well, that was their first mistake. But the second mistake was that no one ever followed up. And we sent out, like, ten emails, and no one ever responded. So then what had happened was, was eventually they were just like, yeah, that's fine. All right, we'll just go out in Brooklyn, and then we'll go out in Atlantic City. Well, you know, why wasn't that the plan from the beginning? However, nothing could have been worse than what, what we wound up doing. Maybe we should have went to NOLA and paid like $8,000. I know, we wound up paying 8000 anyway. How yeah. much would you say that, that that whole, how much would you say the bachelor party alone cost us? Oh, God, that that, that probably cost at least two, three, two, I would say 2500 2500 Isn't that insane? So that's, what that's happened? That's pretty insane. For what we did, so, it was insane. <laughs> What happened after that? Oh, after the bachelor party or after the uh No, no. We're, we're still in the midst of the bachelor party. It hasn't even started yet. So, what, oh, then, what uh, happened? then then people started dropping out. You know, there were like seven people and then it whittled down to like uh six and then it was five and then it was four at the end. So, <laughs> all the people who voted beforehand, it, that, it was the, it was the ridiculous they were they're absentee voters. <laughs> Um, and that bastard Perry. So that the day of the bachelor party it was it was a three day I wouldn't say event, it was more a three day ordeal. Right? Oh, and Odyssey. And they they come to Brooklyn, they they come to my apartment and this guy Perry, we were relying on him to split the costs of the next day in Atlantic City, split the cost of the like the nice steak dinner, split the cost of the hotel room. There were supposed to be five people Splitting the cost. Perry says, I'm out, bitches, and I'm not coming to the wedding either. <laughs> and I will Terry never was, forgive that bastard for that. Perry was there for six hours. Perry, Perry you got out of the wedding. He didn't even do that. <laughs> oh, Perry was a nightmare. <laughs> you, and you loved Perry, too. Didn't you ride <laughs> up with him? 
I did, I did. But but that Ken, that Ken's a great kid. Okay, so then we we go out. Well, they come they come here, and I remember distinctly listening to One Direction on Spotify while everyone sat on my couch and. They were drinking just a little bit. Now, for me, in order to get through this bachelor party, I had to drink excessively, right? So I'm already <laughs> at the crib. I'm hammered already. I noticed after one of these Goose Island IPAs, you guys haven't had it. There's a lot of alcohol in it. I was hammered immediately. And so uh, what did we do? We go from here to where? To Union Hall with the bocce? Yes, it was, yes. I remember that girl was phenomenal. I forget her name, but she was, like, the only good thing uh, that day, I think. <laughs> oh, oh, and keep in mind that this is after Jesus had been bird-watching the entire day and had holes in his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to Union Hall, and and it's so hot out. It's, like, 90 degrees. It's, we like, 980 degrees, yeah. <laughs> and you got the um. Remember you were you were you got that Empire Strikes Black there. And you were terrified. <laughs> oh, that is disgusting. That was like drinking syrup. Oh. No, no. But let's just be clear here that th- this is actually my favorite beer that we're talking. It's in my fridge right now. Left hand milk stout. It's incredible. But we we thought it was a dark and stormy or something, and he dislikes it. So Gross, we're at Union Hall. We actually <laughs> we play the bocce ball at Union Hall, right? And yeah. uh, that was actually nice. This is the first time I actually got to do it, and it's a nice bar in Park. It's my favorite bar in New York. It's in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Um, and then after that, we go to Melody Lane's, where we go see my friend Pete, the bartender, who's hilarious. <laughs> but it was such a stressful situation that we couldn't even enjoy Pete's company. Do you do you remember anything funny Pete said that night? I don't. I do. I, he said a lot of funny things, but it just didn't go over well on the crowd. I was laughing a lot. I thought he was phenomenal, but uh, I think we were all way too drunk at that point to really care. That, I, but, but mind you, keep in mind that night was the best night of the bachelor party. You got to admit. <laughs> no, yeah, it was all downhill from there. It probably still ranks as one of the worst nights of my life, but that was one of the best nights of that bachelor. <laughs> Okay, so wait, did we even go? Did we go to Beercraft first with all the sandwiches? Yeah, yes, we did. We we got those sandwiches. Yeah, I completely forgot about the sanguigios we got. That that's the, the other sandwiches thing. with then, the free chips. I don't even know if they were really free. I would just kept eating these chips. Uh, <laughs> there was just a, a plethora of chips there that you were you were just There's jumping all over like the table. Were, Do you remember how many <laughs> chips there were? It was like a night of chips. <laughs> It was like the the cereal that was falling on your head in Burbank. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Don't break that nightmare. Sometimes I wake up at night and I see corn puff, puffs falling on my face, all of my eyes and my mouth. It even landed in my mouth. <laughs> well, that story we'll tell next time. But that was in a very mouth. disturbing story, too. <laughs> Maybe he was trying to feed you. All right, so... We are at Union Hall now, and then, oh, no, 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 we're at Melody Lane, the bowling alley, and we're we're there with Pete. Uh, we never actually bowled, did we? We did, we did. We were just incredibly, you know, pitsy. Oh, we did? Okay, so at some point, I blacked oh, out. Oh, you, you were you, passed out. You, we went to a chocolate bar. Do you remember that? Yeah, you take bar? it from here. I don't remember. You tell me. Yes, we went to a chocolate bar. You were completely annihilated. You, uh, you know, just put your head down on the table, and that was it. You were out for, like, two hours. 
me, meanwhile, you know, we're all talking and uh, we're setting you up. We put a little candle in your hand. We put the napkin on your head. And uh, <laughs> you're, you're completely out of it. I think you were the smartest one out of all of us, quite frankly. Cause, cause <laughs> yeah, because I wasn't just, actually mentally there. Yeah, we, well, that, that, that's the only way to, to uh, survive that bachelor party, quite frankly. <laughs> Um, and keep in mind that this was in Manhattan. I have no recollection of traveling out of Brooklyn that night or back from Manhattan. And didn't you guys lose me a couple times? Yeah, we lost you a couple times. You almost like we're walking into traffic, which, you know, now that I think of it, you, you had some pretty smart ideas there. But <laughs> you should have let me go, you bastard. I couldn't let, let myself suffer without you. So, uh, you know, so then that, we was, go, that was probably the best night, though. And it was awful. Oh my God! The next we go back day, to though. the um, <laughs> we go back to the apartment, and it's a hundred degrees out. And I, the only oh. thing I remember from the rest of that night was I was like going back to my room. I had I had come to, and I remember Jesus being like, "Do you have a fan you can put out there?" And I said, "No, sorry." And he gave me the <laughs> dirtiest look. He just shot daggers in my eyes, and I'll never forget that look. <laughs> and I got so mad, but that, but I was too drunk to really be mad. It oh. was so hot that I was crawling on the floor from your bedroom area, to live, from the living room area to the kitchen, because I thought the kitchen would have a little more cold because it was near the fridge. I slept near the fridge. <laughs> Did you open up the freezer and stick your head in it? No, I didn't. I took a cold water bottle and put it underneath my head. <laughs> Are you and I, I slept near the mop. You slept with the mop? I slept with the mop, yes. <laughs> okay, so so that's that was night one of the bachelor party. We wake up, and we're going to go get breakfast because we're all, you know, we were drunk the night before. We needed some fuel. But the thing is that Jesus and Perry had already left and gone to some cafe, and we're talking about something <laughs> obnoxious like uh, classical music or, I don't know, the, the, the texture of gut butter. You know, and we, and so we had to get on the road, bro. So and oh, and then I remember we ate at that diner that always makes me have to dunk right away whenever we eat at diner. So I had to run back home, right? And then so then we we start driving to where the hell were we? Weren't we planning on going somewhere else? And then we wound up like we were planning on actually still going to Cape May. And then we wound up going to outside Atlantic City or something. Yes, yeah, so we were hoping that they wouldn't bring it up and. I think they were going to bring it up in that breakfast place that we ate where it makes you want to take a dunk. And um, they, they didn't bring it up, so we just all kind of gave up and went to the side of Atlantic City. Right. Okay, so we are at um, – uh, we start driving to Atlantic City, and Jesus is driving. He's the, he's the bachelor, and he's driving his own bachelor party, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Uh, but we – so Perry, that bastard, left. And we never saw from him again. We never saw him again. That was no, it. We never, we never did. He went to Russia or something. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. So we try, we start driving to Jersey, and we wind up going to this uh, nature conservatory slash park called uh, Forsyth <laughs> National Park. And now I don't know if you guys know this, but in order to go watch birds, which is what Jesus wanted to do, Jesus' bachelor party, the most important thing was bird watching. And any other bachelor party, you would think that that would be metaphorical. This was literal. He actually wanted to watch birds. Not scope out honeys, 
watch birds like in, in the sky with binoculars and, with and make flying around crazy noises. All over what? With wigs shitting all over. With these birds. That birds is out there. What? I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting tired. So, I'm going delirious. <laughs> so we go to Forsyth National Park, and I don't know if you know, but the birds, in order to go watch birds, you have to deal with more bugs than you ever thought were humanly possible. So tell tell us about the bugs, Weeks. Oh, my God. The bugs were insane. It was like the army of bugs. You would look like to the right of you, and you look at your Jesus' hey, shirt. There were at least 30 bucks on his shirt. Then there were like 20 bucks like on the rim of his hat. There were like 15 bucks on his arm. There were just like, there were more bucks than Jesus. But Jesus can was you, a bug. Can you say they should bomb the place or something? Yeah, I said they, they, people, they let people uh, watch to see the birds. So bird watching, and they should DDT bomb the place so they get rid of the bugs. <laughs> and Jesus didn't but, like that. No, he didn't like that at all. But the, the, we were giving each other the bird. Remember that? Where I was giving you the middle finger and, you know, hey, there's a bird. Yeah, I'll give you the finger. Yeah, that was fun. But, uh, Wait, you were giving the – oh, you were flipping the bird? Yeah, I was flipping the bird. No, I don't remember I, that. I was probably I remember drunk. the bug. I think the bug drove you mad. Remember you had to turn back? Oh, my God. So we're walking along this eight-mile trail, with, with we, which Weeks keeps on insisting we – Walked the entire eight miles, and I was ready to take out my Glock on him. Um, we, so I'm like thinking, what is this bastard doing? He's encouraging this ridiculous excursion to the wilderness. <laughs> and then I got this amazing allergy attack that actually, when I look back on it, that's the best thing that happened all weekend. I, got, I could not stop sneezing. I was turning all red. And I just said, all right, I got to go back inside to, like, the nature's center place. And they were like, you guys were like, yeah, we're probably going to be a while. And I said, that's all right. And I got the hell out of there. And I go back to the nature center, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just trying not to sneeze. And this old lady who couldn't work the DVD player kept on shoving bird DVDs down my throat. And she was just like, oh, why don't you watch this one? You haven't seen this one yet. And she couldn't work the player, and I thought I was in hell. And then what happened? You guys were still out there. So what happened next? Well, well, first of all, you looked you looked beyond awful. You looked like you were on, the, on your deathbed when you turned back. It looked, you looked terrible. And then, My death but, uh, bird. Yeah, that was that was probably a gift from God that you got out of there. And then uh, and then I just I just marched forward. I thought we, damn it, let's go the eight miles. Well, you know, if we're gonna get tortured, you might as well torture us all the way. So uh, you know. Uh, at some point, there was a tower, a large, a, long, a, a very tall tower that we climbed up. It was like 30 feet in the air, and there were no bugs. The bugs could not access you at the tower. They, for some reason, they could not get that high or something. And uh, I think we went back down, and the bugs started coming on us. It was like it was like they were attracted to all the doing bugs. What on us? <laughs> oh, you are dirty, Fred. But, <laughs> So they started started biting us again. It's leg ached all over our backs, and uh, and so uh, Ken could have taken. He turned back, you know, uh, the other guy in the, the bachelor party, and so you know it was just me and Jesus. And uh, 
I, I, I encourage him just to march forward. He really, I saw it in his eyes. He really didn't want to go edit forward anymore, uh, you know, because I think he saw enough birds. And, and mind you, Jesus is making bird noises and trying to attract the birds. And, and uh, well, meanwhile, I don't know what's going on with, with my friend Jesus, quite frankly. He's, turned, he's basically turning into a bird. So I, I feel like I'm walking next to Big Bird at this point. Uh, you know, and, and what's the only logical thing to do is to go crazy along with the person you're walking with. So, uh, you know, I, I I start seeing Atlantic City in the distance with the mist flying off of the hotels out there. And I, I think to myself, well, hell, we already walked about 1,000 miles through this bird sanctuary. This, the, the sanctuary is totally not the right word. This bird hellhole. And uh, so... So I figure, hey, why not? Why not walk another four thousand miles? We'll be in Atlantic City. So uh, you know, I continue onward and I push Jesus forward. I can see it in his eyes; he's getting worried because you, you, know, you can no longer see the, uh, the where we started off from. You only can see like a mirage. Is that that ridiculous? And uh, you know, at, at this point, there's like no, there's nobody there. There's there's only birds, the bugs, and us. So at this yeah. point, we're walking across, you know, around in a circle, trying to return. You know, the circle's huge. It's getting swampier and swampier and nastier and nastier. The bugs are just multiplying by the billions. You know, they're coming out of the ground. They're like, it's like they're coming out of my clothes. It's that bad. <laughs> I can't, I Can I throw out a theory? I'm going to throw out a theory that you were trying to get Jesus to keep walking to the, to the bitter end of that eight mile. So yeah. that you could do a murder suicide. <laughs> yes, either that, or I was hoping that the bugs would take us before we could get back. But <laughs> or were you were you going to swim to Atlantic City from there? Was there water there? Or you had to keep there, there was a time in that walk where you know you and uh, Ken had left, and I was walking with Jesus, and he started calling with the birds and trying to attract them. <laughs> And I was about I was about to just jump in the water. This remind you, this water is probably diseased, and it's, it's, there's there's more bugs in that water than this water. Okay, and uh, you know I was just I was I was very near just falling in the water and just giving it up, pretty much. <laughs> so but you wanted the disease, you wanted it. I, I did, I did. It was the uh-huh. only way out in a lot of ways, but uh, Jesus. Uh, you know, continue forward, but I could see it. He wanted to turn back. He started making conversation with some guy there, and he just started slowing things up. He started looking back a million times, waiting for you guys to come pick us up. And I was at this – I had lost it at this point. I was still going, oh, let's continue on. Or let's continue on. Or I think my feet were bleeding. <laughs> I had warts all over my, my, my toes. The bugs were, like, you know, in my mouth. <laughs> well, I didn't have warts on your toes from the walking. Yes, from the walking and the, oh my God, it was probably the worst day of my life of all time. I, I don't think so they, it'll ever get that bad. Well, but you got to remember that there was another experience after that. Oh, there was. That, that was oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to block it out of your mind all the um, But like, sticking with the bachelor party stuff, Ken comes back and meets me, and I'm trying to come down from my. Uh, allergy attack, but I, I desperately need a Claritin uh, at, the, at the time, and I, you know, I didn't have any on me because I wasn't expecting to have the first allergy attack I've had in like four years. So uh, then 
uh, finally, Ken, yeah, Ken comes back, and we go, and we pick up Jesus and Weeks, and uh, I mean, he looks pretty normal for that for that being one of the worst experiences of your life when we picked you up. And then we went to go get a what was it? We went into some damn town and got hot dogs or something. Was that was that yeah, we, we got hot dogs. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Right, into some weird shanty town in Jersey. Uh, it looks like it belonged in Texas or something. And then we go from from there to Atlantic City, uh, which I don't know if you've been there or not, but if you're thinking about going, don't. So we go and we check in to the hotel. Where do we say the Golden McNugget? <laughs> the Golden McNugget. <laughs> We stayed at the Golden McNugget Hotel, and um, and it was just the four of us, because Perry, that bastard, he had abandoned us, and so, and he abandoned us for the hotel charge, for the dinner, and it was, you know, it was two to a bed in the hotel, and, you know, that's awkward, but then uh, we, we go to, uh, where did we go? We went to dinner. To, to, tell me about dinner, Weeks. What do you remember about that? <laughs> the dinner with the other... Uh, the smallest salads on earth. Remember that? The, the salads were probably yeah. the size of your pinky. The waiter was uh, very annoying. And, uh, you know, I, I decided to, to uh, try to uh, trim the cost by uh, ordering macaroni and cheese at this high-priced steak, uh, steakhouse. Yeah, me too. I think I did the same thing. There's something like mac and cheese and sliders. We so we go to this fancy dinner and just get appetizers, but it was still <laughs> astronomical, the prices. Yeah. It's still and like $50 for that, our meals. <laughs> yeah. That waiter came over and was the waiter was like, oh, you guys want a picture? I'll get a picture. A picture, a picture of the bros. It's the bros. Like, we kept calling ourselves the bros, but then he took it to another level. He was like, yeah, it's the bros. It's the bros. Yeah, it's what it's supposed to be. It's bros. Remember how crazy he was that that little maniac, impish waiter guy? Yes, I remember that was a fancy restaurant too. I think we, I think our craziness rubbed off on him. Yeah, well, what's up with the bros? Hey, bros, you want a picture from us? God, that was awful. Meanwhile, I'm not drinking anything. I had taken a Claret, and and I wasn't drinking anything. I also didn't want to drink after the blackout the night before. So I have nothing to get me through this. Um, uh, and so then, after after that, <laughs> didn't we walk through? Every, the length of every single casino in town? Yes, we did, and it felt like it, too. We went to the oh, let's go to the one where Beyonce performed, and we walked through that one 15 times. I don't need to see the same damn light to say yeah, 15 times. Was she even performing that night? She had performed that, yeah, that night, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, I think Michelle Obama may have been there with her yeah, daughter. Yeah, she was, she was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ken was making a big deal of He's a... Big Beyonce fan. And, uh, oh my yeah. God, that was yeah, Ken, awful. Ken. So, so we go through the like. I remember that place was called Revel, right? But, but everyone, those those Yaley guys kept calling it Revel. Remember? Oh yeah, Revel, Revel. Yeah, but clearly it's just Revel. So that's where Beyonce was. So we walked through every single casino, and I remember when we got to like the end of the casinos, I, it was starting to look pretty sketchy. Like, I mean, it's already a sketchy town to begin with, but then I remember it being like, this, this doesn't look like this belongs here, that, that last casino. Yeah, there was a part, there was places that we walked through where we could have been killed, but 
I would have taken those places any time over those bird sanctuaries. <laughs> bird hellhole things. So speaking of being uh, being killed, after we go through all the casinos, we wind up at this bar called Babe's, uh, this strip club, actually, not a bar because the liquor is served next door and you got to buy it next door and then bring it in. It's so sketchy. I was ready to call it a night. I couldn't I couldn't spend any more money, remember? And so, what's his name? Didn't Ken pay for half of my coverage at that damn strip club? So, yes, yes. They, they were hell-bent on going to this club. And uh, you and I, I think, were, weren't so, you know, excited to go. We were exhausted and dying. <laughs> <laughs> so then you... And uh, you and I, we we just agree to, you know, stick it out. And we go in there, and the strippers are, they're not terrible, but they're not attractive. Um, But then then this woman that, it's still debatable whether or not she worked there, she came up and she started harassing you, Mr. Weeks. (laughs) Yes, she did. It was beyond harassment. It was assault. It was a full-on assault. I've never, oh, my God, I've never been beaten that hard by a man. It was ridiculous. (laughs) This woman, she she went up to Weeks and starts, like, pinching him and grabbing him, and she's like, oh, but the first thing, she goes, let's see, who's it going to be? Eeny, meeny, miny, you. And she went right to Weeks. She had her eyes set on Weeks, and she was like, my name's Foxy. I want to take you downstairs, remember? And then she, she, or no, she wanted to take you upstairs, but then, and then she I harassed like, you. I had to run out of that place. Do you remember that? You I ran out of there? Away. She hit me. I was hit. I was assaulted. All I remember is you going, you you embraced it at first. You were like, oh, okay, oh, here we go. Okay, 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 okay. okay. And then it got, like, more and more awkward as it went up. And then she goes up to Ken, she told you, you should, I want to take you upstairs. And then she goes up to him, I want to take you downstairs. So I don't know what the difference was. <laughs> hey, we still don't know if Foxy actually worked there, but I do know that Foxy caused Weeks the most trauma he's ever experienced in his life. Oh, my God. That was probably, yeah, that was the worst day of my life. It was. Uh, would you take Would you take Foxy over the birds? Oh God, I wouldn't take either. I would. I would take my life. Take my own life. <laughs> so then we leave Dave's and we finally go back to the Golden McNugget, right? And yeah, go uh, back to our room. And then what did you do? Oh man, I uh, I took a big dump and I I, I, I said, guys. I'm going downstairs, don't wait up for me, and I left for five hours. (laughs) You were gone that long, five hours? I was gone gone at least four hours, yes. And I remember Jesus and Ken were like, where did Weeks go? And I was like, oh, I think he went out to the casino. And they didn't didn't take that as any indication something was horribly wrong, but they should (laughs) have. So what did you do by yourself for four hours? I was thinking about leaving and going back to back home. I would have killed you. I know, I know. That's why I came back. I, we had to suffer together. It was it was an adventure. It was a, an awful adventure. So then then we come to the the last day. We all we had found his way back to the hotel room. We all wake up the next day and we go <clears throat> to check out of the McNugget and we go to the restaurant 
there, and <laughs> there was uh, this, uh, the, the waiter took our order, and I'd say about 40 minutes went by, right? And yeah. I, I started looking around, and I'm like, wait a second, something's not right. Not one, I think maybe one person out of like 50 in that restaurant had their food. So this waitress comes up to us, and I was like, excuse me, uh, any idea how much longer our food will come out? And she goes, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes? And I look at her, and I look at them, and I go, ain't nobody got time for that. And she, like, she was disturbed, to, to say the least. And she, like, looked at me like I was the asshole, but clearly nobody had their food. And so, like, then I, I – oh, and then remember, I go, waiter, waiter. <laughs> screaming for our waiter. And the guy comes out, and he's, like, apologetic and – Saying, oh, we'll, we'll get we'll get your your food, and and then he he walked away, and it turns out I started a coalition of restaurant patrons that were they were behind us in our cause because they also had not been served, and I said as soon as he said your food will be right out, I said let's get the hell out of here, and we got out of there because I knew that they were gonna spit in our, in our food. You and then, a riot over there. That was amazing. <laughs> I was I had no filter at that point, you know, no filter. Well, when you lose it all, that's what happens. You you were pushed to the brink. Speaking of pushed to the brink, I think we're going to be cut off in about thirty seconds. So the next, so that day we drove home. But man, weren't you happy to to get the hell away from from them and from the trip? I was very happy, but the the memory lives on in my nightmares, my friend. It never will. It never will dissipate. Those birds are out there. Those birds are everywhere. <laughs> it's like we've entered a Hitchcock movie that we can never leave. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so uh, we'll be back next week with another Blazing Rye. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, remember, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence. And if you have a Barbie doll, bend her backwards, leave her in some drawers, burn her knuckles on the stove like Tamika did. John Weeks, thank you very much, sir. It was an honor and a pleasure, Ryan. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good night, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Blazing Rye Radio, Secrets. What is going on, everyone?